the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. A program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions. God, family, country. To today, I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. The issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. Of course, as you know, on our program, the Roger Franklin William Show, we talk about those issues from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. I have a great show for you today. We'll get right into it and just to introduce our guest. First of all, I want to give a shout out to our friend, Dr. Patrick St. Germain, and let you know that him and all the programs you hear right here on FM 105.5, The Answer, and AM 660, The Answer, and WBZW are sponsored and supported by Dr. Patrick St. and BurnFatOrlando.com. Dr. Patrick St. Germain, proud to be voted best chiropractor for now six years in a row. Our guest today is David Waits. Of course, David joined us uh, recently and uh, had an excellent program. And um, he's got a very, very fascinating story, personal life story, as well as um, career story um, as a motivational speaker. So go to David here in just a moment. But first of all, just to brief you a little bit, you know, David has been battling cancer and he's been documenting it on Facebook. And it's been uh, you know, an extraordinary journey. And he's once again going to come and talk to us uh, about that journey on our program. In fact, David, I think that um, thank you for joining us today, by the way. You're welcome, Roger. Good and, to be here. And I'm not sure if we talked too much about your, your battle with cancer last time you were here. I mean, mainly you gave it, you get a, some great insights on just some, some, some keys to be successful and have a successful, positive mindset as we face all the challenges that confront us. In, in our lives, personal and professional. But today, um, you actually are going to share about this, you know, excruciating journey that you've had over the past, say, two, year and a half to two years. True. That's uh, the life lessons apply to everyone. I mean, we all had challenges. I wasn't expecting this challenge. Um, in fact, on Monday morning, uh, February years ago, I woke up, and at the time, I mean, I was a very had a very successful consulting firm and speaking and doing. Um, Leadership development with large companies, executive development, coaching, working with small companies, even as individuals, as you mentioned, and helping them maximize their success and what's there. Things were going well. I was a picture of health. They never had any challenges whatsoever. And really, honestly, at the APEC, a career I'd spent 20 years working really hard. And I woke up and I, by the afternoon, I was in the emergency room, pulled an ab muscle on the right side, just excruciating. Five hours of testing later, a doctor came into the small room I was in and said words that, honestly, no one really prepares you. He said, um, uh, David, you have a cancer left kidney. And then he didn't really pause. He kept going. He says, then there's more. So you have lictic lesions all through your femur, your pelvis, your ribs, and up or down your spine. 
um, you have a very rare blood cancer that's in your bone marrow called multiple myeloma. And then he said, it's treatable, but it's terminal. There's no cure. That kind of day will literally rock your world and test a lot of what you say you believe and think. It was a totally life off, a life altering day for me, obviously. And can you share with us, you know, in the immediate aftermath of that? I mean, you know, obviously that had to be, you had to be floored. And how did you, you know, kind of, I don't know, proceed from from that point? And how long did it take you to kind of get your bearings and, 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 and get focused? I am blessed as your your program here is about God, family, and country. I'm blessed to have had a strong family background and a strong faith. And within moments of hearing that, I felt like I was encouraged by God from the standpoint of him saying in my spirit, not out loud, but what I heard deep down inside is I got this. Um, almost in an unexplainable way, there was a peace even in the midst of just crazy news. I mean, how do you ever, how does anybody prepare for the word terminal cure? Um, so everything, you know, look, a big takeaways. Control is a is an illusion. We all think we got to, I thought I had it together. I had a successful business, had a lot of stuff going for me. I'm in control. I'm kind of control freak anyhow, um, detailed person, but it's really an illusion. And it, it's this kind of hiccup or this kind of challenge pushes you back and you makes you accept that you don't have it all together. There is more to life than what's right in front of me. Now I went through the, the two year and a half of really uh, aggressive treatment, um, for five months of chemo and other meds and then a stem cell transplant that kept me in the hospital for an extended period of time. Very, very um, arduous process was confined to my home for a while because I couldn't be around people because my whole immune system had been compromised. And now I'm on a maintenance chemo, chemo and I'm very functional in being able to do things. It's still in me. It won't go away. It's, in, it's not like another cancer, like a tumor you cut out because it's in the blood. And so, but we can, we can manage the process. And, you know, this might not be exactly the right word, but, you know, based on that initial diagnosis, I mean, it seems like what you've been doing has been quote successful. If, if that's the right word, I mean, I mean, you, you certainly look very healthy. I mean, you you seem to be um, leading a, essentially a, a quote normal something you know resembling a normal life. I mean, you're out, you're you're going to places, you you know those kinds of things. Anyway, just yeah. just does that, well, does what I just said make any any sense? Yeah, it does. In fact, I smile when you said successful because all of a sudden it challenges your definition of what success is. It's the amount of money I make, the house I live in, the car I drive, uh, what people think of me, what really is success. So something like this does challenge you. So, yes, I have a lot of normalcy. It's taken a lot of things away. uh, It's taken away my physical strength and my stamina. Fatigue's an ongoing challenge. It's challenged my confidence, uh, my tenacity. Um, There's dark days. But, yes, I'm able to function. But you're – and so – why a lot of your audience might not identify specifically with cancer, although now most of us either have gone through it or know someone who has, and there's different levels. This one's a pretty bad boy. We all have challenges, 
and we all have incredible things that happen to us that rock us and challenge challenge our definition of success. When things happen, when I can, for me, being able to accept, look, this is totally out of my control. It, it, it's nothing that I did. It happened. Somehow, again, from my faith base, and for me, this is part of it. It's a chapter in my life. If you if you go to a movie and you come in a little bit late and you're watching a scene, it's like, it's not, it doesn't make sense. You're, you're, and it takes a while to try to understand what you're seeing. But if you've seen the movie before and you walk in, in the middle of the movie, it's like, oh, this is a great scene. Well, life is kind of like the first, it, this is a scene, this is a chapter I don't fully understand because I can't see the whole movie of my life. But if I can trust that in the midst of this, there's things that I can learn. And, and I, I want to share with your listeners here in a moment some of the things that I've learned through this journey. There's opportunities to learn. Life is all about how you view it. And normally we get what we look for. And so I can look at the problems. And these are this is big problems. And it's it's changed Mo, um, the effect of my business, the effect of my income, affected my ability to produce for a long period of time. I'm recovering. I'm being able to do more. But is that what makes me successful? Or is me being able to have a peace and a comfort in the midst of it? Is that what's success? To me, that's a much greater definition of success than let me show you my big bank account. Yeah, it certainly sparks a uh, number of questions and topics that we'll continue to talk about. Break us, but I do want to just go back to a technical medical question here because I'm fascinated by the entire journey, and and I know from being Facebook friends with you, I've seen this whole you know, episode in your life unfold as you've documented on Facebook. You know, you, as you said, you went some very very aggressive treatments, which included a your full blood transfusion, if I'm not mistaken. Um, now I'm just just out of my curiosity, I, I assume. A lot of people that either have those treatments or, or, or choose not to take those treatments and have similar illness to you don't do as well as you've done in the past. Can you address that? Um, yes. Now, because it's it's not curable and, and the science is studying it diligently, they have come up with a protocol. So I went through what they call the first induction of five months of strong um, chemo treatment. Just to, not, just to jump in there. Once again, you know, as I understand, in, in any disease or illness, especially cancer, they're opt correct, yes. and you chose certain options that other people may, may not have chosen. Correct, um, but they're standard protocol, and because of the this is a bad boy, uh, medically, had I not chosen it, uh, you can't beat it, and so this was trying to arrest it. So, and, and yes, and and this is part of the, the the challenge. This particular cancer, in fact, they call multiple myeloma a cancer of a thousand faces. It manifests different ways for different people. So part of the challenge with this particular uh, cancer, which uh, Tom Brokaw has multiple myeloma. Pat Williams, who was one of the founders of the Orlando Magic, has it, has written a book about it. Uh, it's a program on, on our stations. Okay. the uh, Multiple the, programs, actually. The founder of, of Walmart passed away because of it. Uh, so, it just, but it's rare. Only about 1.5% of cancers Although it's a second blood cancer, uh, second only to leukemia. Yes, there's options. And so having uh, that's part of the challenge. I'm, I'm having to get a pretty good education. I joke and say I'm a, uh, a junior college medical degree. I'm learning so I can manage my own health, which you have in today's world. So there's a steep learning curve in that also. Well, friends, we're 
close to our first break. We'll be back with David Waits in just a, a moment. Before we go to break, I want to let you know about our friends over at Forta Door Solutions. Forta Door Solutions, if you have garage door problems, Forta Door Solutions has your solutions, and they are your solution. Forta Door Solutions carries all the best brands in the garage door industry, and they service all brands of garage doors. Also, they have both residential division and a commercial division, and some of their commercial clients are some of the best-known and most successful names in Central Florida. You can find them at FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com, or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR and tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. We'll be right back. Please stay with us. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. Joined by David Waits. David has a fascinating life journey, story. He was diagnosed, as he's telling us, with a very aggressive and rare form of cancer literally a little over two years ago. And he's documented that journey on Facebook. And you know, from under from seeing that and reading about it on a consistent basis the last couple of years. I've wanted to both yeah, wanted to share that with our listeners, and David's been you know kind enough to come over and 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 you know talk about his story with us. Of course, he joined us recently and had an excellent program talking about um, you know based on his business as a motivational speaker and and life coach. Before we go back to David, I want to give a shout out to our friend Steve White and all the Porky's original barbecue Apopkin, letting you know that as we know, all kinds of wonderful menu items. On the menu at Porky's, some of them are your traditional things you'd find at any at, at a great barbecue restaurant: uh, ribs, uh, you know, pulled pork, brisket, all you know, great you know, basic barbecue items. Also, old-fashioned Southern sides like black-eyed peas, green beans, and collard greens, and also specialty sandwiches like the monster ribeye sandwich, the barbecue Cuban, and the pig dip. But I do want to let you know that right now, Porky's has a brand new item, and it's the Bison Burger. So I encourage you to get over, and it'll be for a limited time only. Uh, all the reports that I'm hearing are that it's outstanding. I actually saw Joe Ferraro eat one the other day at Blue Dart Sports Central Show, and it looked delicious. Anyway, I want to give you a Bison Burger special at Porky's Original Barbecue at Popkin. Encourage you to get over and check it out. They're located at 256 Street, right in the heart of downtown Apopka, which is also Highway 441. Now back to David Waits, and you, know, okay, David. Why don't you um? Why don't we? You said there's some things, that you, you know, a number of things that you have learned, um, journey that that you can share with others, and that's kind of part of your mission. And why don't, why don't you just kind of pick it up from there? Well, first of all, it's not fair to ask me that right after you talked about Porky's, <laughs> great place to eat. Uh, yes, you know, and again, when you go through things, uh, a student of yourself in life, there are takeaways, and so. Because I've now had a lot of time because I had to just stay in bed. I couldn't do anything about it. I've been learning some stuff. First of all, I'd say faith is the foundation. Um, when you face a diagnosis of an incurable cancer, faith quickly becomes real or phony. And you kind of find out, is my faith based upon a religion, which from my perspective is man trying to work their way to God, or is it relationship, which is God 
initiating a, con- a connection with, with you and me. But for me, it, it's that latter. It's not me trying to do works or religious things. And literally, as I mentioned, from the moment I was diagnosed, God's grace was very real to me. And he assured me, not an audible voice, but he assured me that he has this in control. So when you go through something like this, you kind of find out uh, it's what I say and think I believe real or if it's just religious talk. So you never know when these kind of things come and what you what you're doing in your life today might have will affect those things. Faith is real. Relationships are really important. Um, I have been really blessed to have a posse of people surrounding me. I'd include you in that posse. Um, encouragement, encouragers to me through this incredibly difficult journey. But that didn't just happen by accident. Um, when you encounter challenges of this kind of magnitude, you find out how rich or poor you are relationally. And we think again of our wealth being what's going on in our bank account. I would make a strong argument that wealth is much more about the relationships. And I'm a very rich man. You know, I've had hundreds of calls. I've had texts and cards and visits from people that I know from people I don't know. I mean, you know how humbling it is where I go, hey, I've been praying for you. It's like, who are you? And they heard from their brother who told their sister. And it's it's amazing thing. And it speaks to how important it is to have people around you. But as I said, that didn't come by an accident for me. One of the values that I've had my entire life is to invest energy and activity and my heart and developing relationships uh, with people. And people have been, quote, there for me and my time in need. Again, it's, it's humbling, it's exhilarating, but no one can walk through a, a situation of this magnitude without support. And so my bank account has been large, and when this unexpected need let's say cash in on those relationships happen. My investment paid off. You, in fact, I want to jump in quickly. One of the things I found fascinating kind of early on in your experience was along the same lines, you connected with a young, uh, a fellow, whether you had been his teacher or he had been your teacher, but um, you, that you apparently hadn't been in touch with for a while. Can, can you share that story? Yes. Um, I, taught school early on. I'm in my early 20s in a private school, just for a year and a half. But I didn't even know you'd been a yes. teacher. And, and let me jump in and say, I, uh, David and I have known each other all our lives. We grew up out in Apopka. We've uh, com- competitive rival teams, and yeah, we've known each my other. Team won. L- literally, literally. Uh, <laughs> David's mother was my sister's piano teacher. It's And, of, of course, your dad was my principal, as he was with so many and influenced so many of us. Yes, and so uh, just while I was going through some graduate school <clears throat> in that period of, of my life, I I taught for a year and a half, and it's been kind of cool because I have been Facebook's kind of a neat thing. I was young, and so these students, I don't know, six, eight years younger than I, when you get to my age now, gap. And one particular student who lives in North Carolina but had family here, he was down for business. He said, hey, I want to get with you. And we reconnected. Actually, we've we've uh, been able to stay connected since. So I, I you never know. But my, my point, my takeaway here is – if you and I daily are not, or let's say weekly, if we're not purposely going, you know what? People are important. I need to call somebody. I need to have breakfast with somebody. Not just to do something, but we get so busy with things that 
when this kind of crisis come, you go, man, I kind of messed up. I'm, I'm poor there. And so the fact, and this was just instilled in me early, uh, and I've had mentors and friends who have strongly demonstrated the need for people that are connected. You never know. And so in this case, it's paid off. Relationships are good investment. And, you know, I, I got to think, and I kind of know, like I say, from observing, you know, via Facebook, your journey, you, you, you've you probably had experiences, or have you all had experiences that, you know, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have had, I mean, outstanding, wonderful experiences such as this that you share with us that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't have faced this kind of tri- crisis. True. And now I will be honest with you, I'd much rather have had those encounters without going through this, <laughs> the crucible that I've been through. But, but that goes back to what I said earlier. So much of life is how you view it. And so there are things that can be connected. Now, let me, let me, uh, actually I had, uh, I was out in California when I was working with a, a very large company, a client of mine, and I was in a, an office of one of the managers. He managed 35 people and it was, he was in a tech medical uh, facility. And so he's scientific and tickle, And he said to me, David, people are messy. And I leaned back in my chair and I laughed and I said, I'm going to steal that from you. I'm going to use that. So when you go to make relationships, people are messy and they don't all work, but it's worth investment to, to do it. And then you're right. When you go through, and we all will go through things, maybe not to this magnitude, maybe a greater magnitude. I know there's people that have gone through things much worse than I, but how, how bank account uh, is very, very important. You know, probably another great takeaway. Your, your relationship bank account. My, my relationship bank account, using that metaphorical, more, more metaphorically. Probably one of my biggest takeaways through this journey, Roger, is that simplicity is really important in a really complex world. So things that used to matter, don't matter to a great degree, don't matter nearly as much now. Um you know, I'm, I'm fully aware that we all struggle with not appreciating things until we don't have them. That, that almost bothers me because I, I know that intellectually and cognitively. And I know that's, a, with, that's an axiom of a great veracity, axiom of a great veracity. But this disease has slapped me in the face with the reality and given me this opportunity to be, reflected on the th- be reflective on the things that really matter. Um, it's so easy to get caught up in our busyness and even your listeners today, probably we all had a busy day and we get stressed and we have pressure and we impose on ourselves all this um, extra stuff. And then we miss the invigorating and really revitalizing things all around us. Simple things. I look at a sunrise totally different. Uh, you think about cuddling your child. My, my kids are grown but uh, have six grandchildren or, or just watching a child that you don't even know and just enjoying laughing or their laughter. The, the song, the uh, sounds of a songbird um, where I live, I have hawks that fly over. So just things, small things, the smell of a blooming flower, the, the touch of somebody special, tiny things that you can miss if we don't focus on them. It's, it's easy to forget to make that continual investment and those relationships that matter so that when these kind of things happen or whatever challenges happen, you're, you're prepared for them. So I'm convinced that all of us would do a whole lot better if we kind of, and life would be richer if we focused on, on these five, please 
Now, you and I grew up in a day where we were taught to always say please. Second, thank you. You and I grew up in a day where we were say thank you. And the next three are a little tougher. <coughs> I'm sorry. I love you. And I don't know about you, Roger, but I mess up a lot. I'm sure that doesn't happen to you. <laughs> and But it's hard to say I was wrong. And I've been wrong a lot. And it's hard to go, I'm sorry. And sometimes it's even hard to say I love you. But if we back up and we kind of boil life down to what is, I'm a very driven type of person. And I've been very, very successful because of it. But this has shifted me kind of to the other side of going, I don't want to use, it's a metaphor we've used so much, but kind of stop and smell the roses, really smell them. Great wisdom. It's David Waits, and he's talking about his journey battling a very aggressive form of cancer over the past two years. And you know, thank you for great wisdom. And friends, I'm sure you know, now you know why I wanted to have David join us today. We're going to go to another short break. We'll come back and we'll talk with David Waits. And um he has some other specific things you'd like to share with us. Before we go to break, I want to remind you that our program is sponsored by Pat, Dr. Patrick St. Germain, D.C., St. Germain Chiropractic, and BurnFatOlando.com. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back. Roger Frank Williams Show. Glad you're joining us today. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's always get, great to get together every week to share these few moments we have together. Talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. Of course, on our program, the Roger Franklin Williams Show, we have a big focus and have for literally the past 20 years on Florida politics, special emphasis on local central Florida politics and government. But we also talk about issues that just affect us in our our daily lives professionally or, or personally uh, that are significant. And that's the theme of our program today. Our guest is David Waits. As I said before, I've known David literally all my life. We went to elementary school together at Dream Lake Elementary. Um, he's talking about his extraordinary journey with the devastating news that he received two years ago in February that he had a, not only uh, had cancer, but a very aggressive and a very rare form and active form of cancer. And he's talking about his life since that point. And, from what my perspective, I thought that's something that we can all all learn from uh, what he has to share, and, and he's joining us today. Uh, before we get back to David, I want to tell you about our friends over at Ryan Construction. Ryan Fitzgerald Construction Incorporated is a certified general contractor based in Mount Dora. Ryan Fitzgerald Construction has been privileged to complete residential, commercial, agricultural, and recreational projects across the continental United States and Alaska. Ryan Fitzgerald Construction is up to taking your project, no matter how large or how small, from concept to completion with excellence and efficiency. Contact Ryan Fitzgerald Construction today and start the process of completing your project with excellence. 352-223-5989. Find out more at FitzgeraldConstruction.com. Now back to David Waits. I know, David, there's some specific things you want to share with us, uh, powerful things. Before we do, I've got one more question and you know, I want to go back and revisit you know, the faith in this, and in your case, it's Christian faith. Um, you know, this is the kind of challenge, as you mentioned, that really rocks a person's world, and, and, and oftentimes it, it rocks a person's faith. And I've seen people go in, in, in opposite directions. I've seen people who, who become even more um, you know, connected to God, if you will, more, more faithful, um, you know, um, their religion, their, 
becomes even their faith becomes even more important in their life. I've seen others that just with this kind of slap in the face, turn away from it and reject it. Can you just talk a little bit? You know, just address that, please. Uh, absolutely. Um, I was a former. I mean, it's made my faith even stronger. The biggest issue that, and we all face this in different ways, is the why me? And it affects our faith and it affects our view of life. Why me? Multiple myeloma has a five years a five year survival rate, fifty percent of fifty percent. Fifty percent of the people pass away within five years of contract disease. Now, I'm two years into this. Obviously, I actually had it obviously before I was diagnosed, but I don't live that way. And there's scientists. I know I have friends that have survived twelve, fourteen, fifteen years past. But it's a serious thing. So. The why me question, you know, why did I have to hear the C word come out of doctor's mouth? You know, why multiple myeloma, this rare cancer? Why curable? Uh, why is this the only thing the medical community is? It manifests itself differently. So it's even hard for me to understand my own disease. Uh, why can't I know what tomorrow is going to be like? Why, why do I have to go through all this? I was so strong. I was never sick. Why did cancer me? You know, pick me. Why? 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 And that plagues, I think, all of us to different degrees. So when you get a diagnosis like this, it pushes you back. And look, there there were dark days when it was it was a fight for me to deal with this because the only question rushing through my mind. But one day, Roger, I had a I'll call it a clear perspective day. I was just thinking and I and so I asked myself some questions. It's like, all right, David, if you're gonna ask why are all these quote bad things happening, multiple myeloma is certainly a bad booger, it's mean foe, uh, then then shouldn't I ask myself about all the good things in my life? If I'm going to say why are the bad things, if I focus only on the negative, then I will be able, I will miss out on the realities of all the good things around me and the things we be thankful we can be thankful for. We we've heard that cognitively, but it's it's a challenge. So my question to myself was, what if I was as passionate in my pursuit of the why me of the blessings? as I was about the why me of the dark, troubling things. So I kind of took my own self up on that, and um, I um, created a why me list. And I went over to New Smyrna by myself for the day, and I took a pad and a pencil, and I just started to go, okay, let me look at the things in my life that have happened before and currently going on in my life, uh, the things that kind of set me apart as I think one of the most blessed people on the planet and uh, things I'm thankful for. And I I challenged myself to come up with 101 why me blessings. So to your question for me, because life is how you focus on things. Am I going to be a, what I call a thumb sucker and sit in the corner and whine about what's happened to me? Or can I look at all the good things? I I was shocked uh, in this process. It was fun. Uh, I smiled at the beach. (laughs) I cried. I found myself humbled. I found myself actually overwhelmed by how easy it was to come up with 101 things. I I can share some with you. Yeah, please. I mean, obviously, we don't have time for 101. Uh, But just simple things like, why was I born when I was born and not 40 years earlier when the medical community didn't even know how to treat this disease? And my prognosis would have been a certain almost immediate death. Death. Why me? Uh, Why was I born in America, not some third world country? Why did I have education, ed, educated parents who taught me to learn and always be learning and to love to learn so that I was prepared to do some learning on this disease? Uh, why did a guy, I go, you, you and I went to school together. Why did I go to elementary school, junior high school, a high school with teachers who, who cared for me and 
cared about us. And I saw that we not only learned the subject matter, but they instilled positive character in me. A lot of people don't have that. So again, why me? Why have I never been afraid of having my my house bombed in the middle of the night? Uh, we get so insulated here in America that we, in my lifetime, in your lifetime, I'm never worried about that. I'm worried about other things, but I'm not worried about a bomb. Well, why did I have parents who lived and taught me a genuine faith and led me to develop a personal faith that sustained me through the difficult journey. Why, why me? Um, why was I born with this kind of extra dose of intensity and drive and resilience? Uh, that was how I wired and wired. And honestly, it's helped me in this journey. Um, why am I blessed? And this is really special with three grown children um, who are successful in their adult lives and career. They're, they have great, they're great and passionate parent, uh, parents to their own kids. They genuinely love each other. Roger, I started doing this and just I kept going and going and going. Um, why did I have one client over in South Africa? And I did a lot of leadership development in some of the most impoverished parts of the world. And one place I went, there's this little about three-year-old girl, picked her hands up. I picked her up. And for two hours, I couldn't put her down. And I mean, she stole my heart. That was five years ago. And that perspective of what I have compared to her living in an impoverished world. And, and honestly, I have no contact. And statistically, she might not even be alive because of where she lived. So we can continue to look at life through, man, I'm not getting this. Or if we stop, and again, we hear this, but if we stop and count our blessings and look at our blessings, I've led a really wonderful, blessed life. So I have, even in midst of this, and I have days when I realize, sometimes I have to pull this list back out to remind me. So I would challenge you, you I challenge your listeners, get it by yourself, write down a, your why me, your 101 why me blessings list. It's an incredible exercise. Thank you for sharing that with us and wonderful wisdom once again. And uh, Well, David, we're down you know, in our final moments. Uh, it, what else would you like to share with us today before you go? And look forward to having you back again sometime soon. <laughs> Thank too. you, Roger. It's been a, been a pleasure. Uh, I would say this, and, and hopefully this has come across to your listeners and the things that I've shared. Perspective is a rudder that directs our attitudes and shapes our belief. So how you perceive some perception, it, 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 what we perceive is real to us. So it's the, the, uh, the rudder. So what I believe, truly believe, defines the experiences in my life. So my belief then informs my thought process and defines how I deal with it. So when dark days come, and, and in my life, because of this, there'll be more nasty days, but all of us, we have these dark days. We have a choice, and it's a hard choice, but we always have a choice. Will we be focused on the adversity, or will we be focused on the blessings and the things we have been to be thankful for, allowing those blessings to be that beacon of hope and darkness? So one of the keys to all of us walking and enjoying life is our perspective. Great wisdom from David Waits. David, just before we go, I've got a, just a practical question. You know, how in, in, in your business, are you continuing to, to work, um, you know, and and you know, go about fairly normally. And- yes, I, I, well, I had to, I had to put it on pause for a good long time. But yes, now I'm back. I'm starting to work with larger companies, smaller companies, one-on-one coaching with people, uh, sharing the principles. Like I said, I've been doing this for 20 years, 
Now I do it with a different perspective, uh, some more life lessons. I hope that makes even what I was saying before more authentic, as I've had to take time to live the very principles and concepts that I shared with others to help people in their personal life and their business life be more effective. Well, really appreciate you coming over once again, being with us. And as I said before, I look forward to having you back again, again soon. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure. I hope that just this story has been able to inspire some of your listeners. In fact, I'll just share with you briefly, I got positive comments from listeners the last time you were on the show. And even, I don't know if I shared too much with you, I really got a lot of it out of myself. And there were some uh, personal things I was dealing with that, that the, the the wisdom that you shared last time really, really helped to gain clarity and employed some of those those thoughts and ideas. And it was, it was been exceptionally helpful. Well, thank you. Thank you, Roger. Well, friends, we're going to go to break once again in just a moment. We'll come back for one final segment on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. I really appreciate David Waits joining us, and I can't wait till he comes back and joins us again. I do want to remind you that our program is sponsored by our friends over at Porky's Original Barbecue, by Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic, and BurnFatOrlando.com, and Florida Door Solutions. Find out how you can contact Florida's best garage door company. Just go to FLADoor.com. It's FLADoor.com. Give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. Be back in just a moment on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. Hope you're enjoying the program. Now in our final moments together, I'd like to just talk about an issue that's kind of um, noticed this week, if you will, and it kind of relates to the bigger picture, which actually even goes back to my original motivations for even founding this program uh, back in 1997. And that is, I'm highly concerned, and I know many of you are, and many of you get it, other people, of course, we come into contact every day with people who still don't understand and don't get it, but basically the, the overwhelming slant from what is, I guess, commonly known as the mainstream media, you know, maybe more accurate, the lamestream media, or even most accurate, fake news, the term coined by by Donald Trump, which I think was brilliant, by the way. And and just so you know, of course, our regular listeners know that I'm a a Trump supporter, a a passionate one and a strong one. Um, So, I mean, that's obviously going to give you some insights and perspective on what I'm about to say. But... An issue has come up today that, I mean, this over the past week or so, that, that really was a national issue. It's actually on the front page of the New York Times. Rush Limbaugh talked about it. Is that really illustrates this disconnect or this, this, this you know, just, just really how biased the, 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 main, the, what, the, the information we get from the so-called mainstream media really is. And it also, if we have time, I'll share with you, it, it dovetails perfectly into an, an issue, a cause, if you will, a topic that I was passionately involved in for several years back around 2010, 2011, 2012. Um, and some of you know about that. Some, most of you probably don't. Was my, my support of my, my vocal support through the media for Tim Tebow and, and, and my, um, my dismay, my anger, my frustration that I felt that the National Football League w- w- was, was you know, not giving him an opportunity um, to play in the league, and a lot of that was driven, not all of it, but a big part of that was the extraordinarily negative response to Tim Tebow by the mainstream sports media. In fact, I would assert, as I've asserted, and um, go to my grave believing that 
the the mainstream sports media created literally a false narrative about Tim Tebow, the way the the the, the quarterback that they defined uh, very skillfully, extraordinarily skillfully, um, doesn't even reflect the, his 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 playing career, uh, his statistics, his accomplishments, all those things. But it, it was actually very chilling uh, to see the power that the mainstream media has um, to really um, create a false narrative, to really tell a, a false story. Um, so anyway, that's, this is an issue that I've been on for, for quite a while now. Um, been fascinating to me. In fact, I says, as I said before, one of the reasons I started this show was to, to at least have one small voice pushing back against what I see as just rampant. At one point it was liberal bias. Now it's, it's overtly it's left-wing bias. It's leftist bias um, from the so-called mainstream media. Well, okay, get into the topic of today and the past week was, you know, it, it's – Donald Trump, once again, has come under fire, which is almost kind of a joke, because, you know, anything he does is going to come under fire from mainstream media. Once again, I would, I would, I would you know, share with them that they've lost the extraordinary amount of credibility uh, just because of the way that they've covered Trump. You know, anything remotely that he would do that he does that's positive or even, even just newsworthy is, is sliced, diced, slanted, um, recreated um, to, to, into a negative. And, of course, uh, the smallest little flaw, if you will, or even things that I would even say, many of you would say aren't even flaws, are, are, are presented as some kind of a major scandal, um, a major liability. But so what I'm getting at now is that the use of just, um, you know, technology, information gathered from modern technology, specifically Facebook. Facebook has, has been a part of this. And, and, and let me say, for, first of all, of course, that, you know, Limbaugh, Rich Limbaugh was talking about this over the past week, and he, you know, uh, he do a much more better job than I can, but, but it is something I'm interested in and I do want to share with you uh, from this, from the perspective of the difference in the way that, that a very similar situation was covered by the mainstream media for the Donald Trump and his campaign and Barack Obama and, and his efforts. The very same things that that Donald Trump and his campaign, if you will, are being um, assailed for and attacked, you know, viciously, relentlessly attacked by the mainstream media, uh, which is utilizing, um, I guess the term might be data mining, and I'm not, of course, the most technological person, but but using information sources like like Facebook and Google, uh, and, and and being able to use that information to target voters and to use it, um, you know, skillfully. In order to um, you know improve on your campaign to 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 reach your voters, find out who your voters are, um, you know get them get them out to vote, turn them out to vote, which of course you know get out the vote efforts go back as to the very founding of the country. Abraham Lincoln uh, wrote extensively on how to how to target your voters and, and get them to the polls. Uh, just basic campaign fundamentals. Well, now in this age of technology. Um, there's an extraordinary amount of information that's being gathered by people like Facebook and Google. And um, obviously, if that information is there somewhere, somebody is going to try to find it and utilize it to their advantage, especially in politics. So, But the point is, so apparently that's what, what Trump Trump did, which is certainly not illegal, and immoral, unethical, or anything. It's just the way it is. And um, But he's being excoriated for it by the mainstream media. Turn around, you go back, as Limbaugh did very skillfully, find literally not only quotes, but speeches um, television programs, uh, lectures at marketing and campaign seminars by people representing Barack Obama and the Barack Obama campaign, um, who basically did essentially the same thing. They were able to access information from Facebook, um, utilize that uh, very, very skillfully on their campaign to identify voters, identify uh, likely leaning voters, uh, persuade undecided voters, uh, 
voters that were leaning towards him, turn those people out to, to vote um, in the election, all those things. Well, you know, th- those efforts were praised by the mainstream media. Wow, what an innovative campaign. Um, gee, this is, now this is a campaign that's really smart. These guys are sharp. They're utilizing the most effective, the, the most up-to-date um, media and technology that we've got, technology that we have and information, and they're converting it to politics, and they're using it successfully to get elected. What a bunch of brilliant guys. That's the way the mainstream media um, portrayed Obama in his campaign. Now, you know, Trump comes along for your, uh, you know, four and eight years, does something, you know, apparently engages in some similar type activities. Now it, it's, it's, it's like the worst thing in the world. Oh, my God, what are they doing? You know, they're, they have no business using this information. This might even be illegal. This might even be something to talk about impeachment over. You know, Trump can't do that kind of thing. What are they doing? So, so it's just... Once again, and I know that that I'm sure many of the people, that, many of you, um, have 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 noticed this yourselves. You've made this uh, uh, deduction, and and it's once once again, it's one more reason why Trump is in there as president right now. And and sadly, it it it's one more reason why the mainstream media has lost extraordinary amount of credibility, um, continues to lose credibility, and 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 sadly. Uh, they don't even seem to, they don't understand it. They don't even realize it. Uh, it. It's amazing to me to see how many mainstream media people, some of which I even know uh, on the local level, uh, but locally, nationally, who are so offended by the term fake news. Oh, my God. You want to get to get them really riled up and in a tizzy, just just uh, you know, refer to use the term fake news to somebody who's in the mainstream media. And they had this reactive, uh, just just. Um, Incredible, uh, you know, uh, take offense. Uh, offense. I find that be so offensive. But the thing that they're not getting is just open your eyes, look at your own coverage. You know, I mean, no wonder people are calling it fake news because it is fake news. It, it is so extraordinary, slanted to say the least. Um, from the best perspective, and, and from a more accurate and 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 and, and darker perspective, now we're in the much of the mainstream media is in, in the business of creating false narratives. Um, just like the mainstream sports media did with Tebow, and create the false narrative about him. Um, so, and and, before, and as we uh, here in our final moments, as we close, just one more illustration to take a step back and pretty much promise myself I wasn't even going to address these issues anymore because basically they're ancient history. Um, they the the left, um, you know, the mainstream sports media, which is extraordinarily leftist, which some people are are finally starting to figure out. Sadly, many, 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 many. Sports fans, just guys and gals who just love to watch sports, uh, don't especially guys don't don't really grasp that you know the the main sports um, media, whether it's print and especially television, cable television is is full blown leftist. Got a lot of got quite a bit of insight into that in this recent Colin Kaepernick disrespecting the American flag, refusing to stand for the anthem uh, you know, issue. Whereas virtually all the mainstream media took the side of Kaepernick and the kneelers. Uh, those players that you know overtly disrespected America, and um, but but anyway, I mean I you know it's been pretty obvious to me for for now very, for years that the 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 sports media, especially ESPN, they're they're certainly the worst offender. That's basically just a left wing a left wing uh, cultural network, um, you know masquerade, masquerading as a sports network. Uh, fortunately, quite a few people are beginning to figure that out. But in, in the closing moments, in, in the closing moments. An example that illustrates from the sports perspective exactly what I just shared with you and what you already know, most of you, um, 
about the way that this whole data mining issue was covered, um, how from if Trump's doing it and his campaign are doing it, it's just the worst thing that ever happened in American politics. Um, if Obama and his campaign are doing it, it's just absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it's what a what a brilliant bunch of guys. Those guys are so smart. Um, it's amazing. Um, the same thing happened with Tebow. I mean, and, and it reminded me of when. Tebow came on the scene. This it's a massive campaign started by ESPN to discredit him. Um, all started at the at the combine uh, back in two thousand, I believe it was two thousand and ten, and um, covered that extensively on uh, you know another program that I do. And you know everything about Tebow was just picked apart. His the way he held the ball, where he held the ball, his throwing motion, the way he put his feet. All these things. Oh, and oh, by the way, he's too big to be a quarterback. You know, quarterbacks aren't aren't you know as big as he is. You know, he, he's he's too big to be a quarterback. The, he runs too much. You know, Tebow. You know, quarterbacks they have to stay in the pocket. In the National Football League quarterbacks in the National Football League they don't go running around. They stay in the pocket. Okay, um, so they pretty much successfully used all those things to basically destroy Tebow. Um, Cam Newton comes along. <laughs> very similar. Very similar, uh, you know, skill sets. In fact, Cam Newton played behind Tebow at Florida for a while till he got kicked, kicked out of school. Um, now Tebow, uh, now Cam Newton's the greatest thing that ever lived. Cam Newton, he can run the ball. Look at this added dimension that Cam Newton adds, where he can pull the ball down and run and get yards. He can extend the pocket. He, he, he has longer time to throw. Um, Cam Newton, and look how big this guy is. That's the kind of quarterback you want to have. You want to have a quarterback who's that big as Cam Newton's big. He can run over people, and he can make things happen that the smaller quarterbacks can't. So anyway, just uh, those are some things I wanted to share with you today. I want to thank you for joining us. It's always great to be with you every week. Appreciate you very much, and hope you enjoyed the program today. Hope you have a great day. And this is Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com